time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. As I'm recording this, we're getting towards the end of spring and moving into that summertime. And It starts making me think of sailing experiences. I love to sail. I love the feeling of being underway without that motor going behind us. And I know a lot of people like that motorboat thing, but for me, it really is sailing that does it. And just the other day, uh, we decided that we were going to, uh, my friend and I, launch his sailboat and get his sailboat into the slip that it would occupy for the summer. And so we set out to do it. And it was an interesting day. Uh, And at the end of the day, I said, you know, there's always a good day to sail. But there was some irony in that. So I got to his house and we had some things to do to clean up the boat, get it ready to pull it down to the water. And so we did that. We got it in, in good order and we towed it down to where the boat launch was. Now we made a mistake. We didn't go look to see what the ramp looked like. We just began to that process of getting everything in order and getting all the lines where they needed to be and all the shrouds where they needed to be and getting ready to kick up that mast. Now, this this boat has a pretty tall mast, and it took a lot of effort for us to get it up and, and get it set. And we tightened up all the buckles and made sure that everything, all the shrouds were fitting, all the lines were running right, everything was ready. And then we pulled it over to the ramp. It takes us a good hour and a half to get everything in order, ready to launch. And then we realized what a mistake we'd made. The water was flowing fast. The water was over the dock. And there was litter all over the boat ramp. And I'm not talking just like a little trash that people throw around, but I'm talking trees that had been pushed by the storm up onto the ramp. We made a mistake. Our second mistake was we decided instead of just turning around at that moment that we would go ahead and launch the boat. And so my friend backed the boat down the ramp over a lot of trees and limbs. And we'd already negotiated that I was going to pull it over as soon as it was off the trailer. I would pull it over to where a couple of of big trees were just in the water and were floating there. We figured we could get on from there. And so we got it off the, the trailer out into the water. I pulled it up beside the uh, the trees that had fallen and then began our comedy of errors. Well, that was the first error as we tried to launch anyway. So I had it over and then some other people were launching their boats. Now, probably what you would notice at this point is everybody launching their boat was a little bit um, crazy to be launching that day, including us. And so it should have been no surprise that the people who were launching their boats, two of the boats couldn't get their engine started. One of them had a dead engine and and just coasted right over, right up to the boat. We had to keep pushing him away. And the laws of physics were fighting against us because we would push away and that would push our boat out of the way. And I was constantly fighting the current and the wind and the other boats coming our way. My friend's young son clambered onto the boat and was down in the cabin waiting for us to get pushed away and and was asking when we were going to finally get to sail. And we were battling all this. And then my friend got on board after he'd parked the trailer. And I was holding the boat, ready to jump on as soon as the engine was going and we could pull away. And then we were going to raise the sail and go for a little sail. There was only one thing. The engine would not start. The engine would not start even though it had been running perfectly at home. So we fought and fought and fought with that engine. And finally, we decided that it could not happen that day. Now, we'd already made some choices that we probably should have already turned around, but we were still going to try it because it had taken so long to get the mast up that we just wanted to go ahead and get it going. 
we finally realized it was not going to happen that day. And so we fought to get it onto the trailer. It took another good hour and a half to get that, uh, that boat to get back on the trailer so that we could pull it back up. So we pulled it back up and dropped the mast and we wait for another day. Well, in all the midst of that, I was sitting there thinking what a good thing it was that we had not been out sailing because I don't think we could have made it down to where we needed to go to the marina and get it into the slip. The water was just moving too fast. And I began to imagine having had to have set the anchor and been leaving the boat there or at least been stranded on that boat for a while because I just don't think we could have made it. We were in over our heads in that point. And Setting that anchor was not what either of us wanted to do, and it began to make me think about those anchors that we set in our lives. Sometimes we have to have a a stopping point, some way of, of sticking where we are, and I believe that there is a place in life where we rest, where we set anchor. There is a difference, though, between setting anchor and being stuck. And part of what I want to talk about today is some strategies on how to move from that anchored place And make sure that we don't get stuck. Because when we're anchored, we're anchored for a reason. Some years ago, my son and I had a chance to uh, be doing some sailing in the Bahamas, Sea of Abaco, which if you've ever seen is a beautiful place for sailing. The Sea of Abaco only averages maybe 10, 12 feet deep. And at the deepest point, it's probably only 16, 17 feet deep, a very shallow place. And it's a great place to sail, very flat, very protected. And we were sailing and every night we would put down that anchor and set that anchor and make sure that we weren't going to drift into trouble. And I remember how carefully we set that anchor and that anchor protected us. It kept us where we needed to be. But every morning we would weigh the anchor Did you know that was the term? When it's time to leave, you weigh your anchor. So the captain would say, weigh the anchor. And the people would start pulling up that anchor and they would say, anchor away. And that's when that anchor was clear of the bottom and the boat was finally able to leave. Away, by the way, is spelled A-W-E-I-G-H. You away the anchor. So anchors away is the the term we used to use, we usually use and we think about like the the anchor going away from us but it really is way and it just kind of made me think about those moments where we know we need to be at anchor but we need to have a way of weighing the anchor of anchors away and it seems to me that there are some strategies and I'll name three strategies today of making sure that you're anchored not stuck, and that when you are stuck, you realize that there are some ways to anchor away. So I want to talk about three A's to do that, acceptance, awe, and appreciation. Let's start with acceptance. Acceptance is taking a realistic view of what has happened and then placing it in the past. I've talked to a lot of people and I talk about you need to accept where you are and where things are. They say, so you say I have to give in, I have to give up. You say, I have to just be where I am. My response is that acceptance is the beginning point of moving forward. Acceptance is marking where you are and realizing that truly is where you are versus arguing with what is. We humans tend to spend a lot of time arguing with what is. And whenever we're arguing with what is, we're going to lose that argument. We're, We're not going to be able to shift what is 
because it is what is. And so I hear people often trying to argue their way with themselves or with somebody else about why it should be a different place than where they are. Is it possible that they can shift where they are to something else just by imagining that they're at a different place? Acceptance is saying, this is where I am. This is the culmination of where I've been that's arrived at this place. And whenever we get to that place where we can say, this is, this is the culmination, that's not the end point. It is a representation, the perfect representation of where we've been up until now. Then we're able to begin to point and find where we need to go. As long as we're arguing with what is, we have a hard time finding out where to go. In fact, I've noticed that one of the really stuck places for people is when they're constantly arguing with what is. Because what they're doing is always looking towards the past to try to uh, wrestle that away, to try to make sure that that past somehow disappears, somehow is a different way of being. Now, this is clearly not the same as giving up when we say, this is where I am. This is, I accept where I am. It sets the current space for where you are, not for where you're going, but for where you are now. I like to think of it as reverse fatalism. If you're familiar with fatalism, fatalism is thinking that there is no outcome ahead of you that you can determine. It's just going to happen the way it's going to happen. It's the hands are in the fate, the hands of the fates, right? Our, our future in the fate hands and, and they get to determine what's going to happen. And we have no way of changing that future. I like to think of reverse fatalism of accepting that there's no way to change the past. Where the past is is where the past is. We can understand why it happened sometimes, and we can even view it differently from different perspectives and learn from it. But when we use reverse fatalism, we say, there's nothing I can change about the past. I can learn a little bit from that, and then I move forward. Whenever we start with acceptance, we begin to weigh the anchor. We begin to release ourselves because we've now set the place from which we're departing. The next A, awe is that feeling, uh, that experience of being a small part in a greater wonder. Now, awe is something that sometimes strikes us out of the blue. Awe is something that overcomes us at points. Maybe you're driving down the road and you see a beautiful vista and you have that sense of awe, that sense of wonder. Or maybe you're standing there watching the birth of your child and you have that sense of awe and wonder and it resets where you are in the world. And what I've discovered for myself is that I need to seek out those moments of awe, those moments of inspiration, those moments of replacing me in the world. Because when I don't, I find myself way too self-aware and self-conscious. And part of finding that place of awe is recognizing that we're a small part, but we're an important part to ourselves. And that's the irony of all of the the fact that you're experiencing that you're the one having that sense of awe. And yet that sense of awe broadens the world out into something amazing. This is the place that touches our spirituality, sometimes our inner place of being. And it doesn't mean that you're a religious person to have that place of awe, but to find the wonder. I've talked with even people who have no claimed religious beliefs, maybe even atheists, and they're able to look at pictures of space with wonder of how all that unfolds. And then some of us are in touch with a a deeper sense of meaning and belief that allows us to add some other pieces to it. But we all have that place of all, A-W-E, that we can pull from. For me, I find it in nature. 
sometimes I find it uh, going to buildings and, and things like that. But for me, it really is nature. A year ago, we were in Europe. Uh, we were actually in, in London. And I remember going into some of the cathedrals and, and that brought a sense of awe to me. But typically it comes in the midst of being outside. Sometimes I'm paddling down the river and something catches me, catches my breath and reminds me of the great, greatness of this world and the place of wonder of this world. I also recognize that sometimes when I'm paddling on the ocean, I have that same experience. A number of times I've been standing there and watching the waves, and suddenly the waves begin to be something much more bigger than just the waves around me, but a pattern of the entire universe that I'm a part, moving and bobbing in the entire universe. And that moment of wonder and awe brings me back to a sense of inspiration. Remember the word inspire means to breathe in spirit, to take in that spirit. And that's what happens when we're at a place of awe. And and the reason that helps us get unstuck is because it resets away from us. Sometimes when we get so self-centered and we get so caught up in our own drama that we can't see something beyond it. And that place of awe can shake, shake that loose for us, can help us to broaden our perspective And so the more often we experience that awe, the more the anchor begins to be pulled away from the bottom. And we realize that we're constantly on a journey. We're constantly a part of something much bigger than ourselves. And that pulls us into something greater. The last one is appreciation. Appreciation is that place where we get away from the feeling of not having enough. We get away from the feeling of a sense of lack, of desperation for filling that in, and we become aware of our gratitude for what we do have. Appreciation is about fighting that tendency of saying, let me focus on what I don't have, that you lose track of what you do have and of all of the amazement that it comes with realizing that What you have is often enough. We as humans are tied into that place of always wanting more, but not needing more necessarily, just wanting more. In fact, if you're capable of listening to this podcast, you're in a very small group of very fortunate people in the world. Even as you look around, you may not believe that around you, but if you take it to a global context, not everybody has a chance of listening in with technology, of listening to a podcast. That, that's something that's reserved for the very fortunate few. And so that's a place to reset and reorient. So part of the way we can take control of that appreciation is to look for the things for which we are thankful, not look for the things of where we don't have enough and not comparing ourselves to other people around us, but saying, wow, what I have is enough. Usually, as long as we're fighting that, we're not making any progress on getting more. We're just making ourselves more and more miserable. We're getting ourselves stuck in a place where we're constantly struggling again with what is because we want something different. So how do you do that? Well, I always think that one way to do that is just really to, one, make a list of the things for which you're grateful and make that a daily activity. I would suggest that you make a list of three to five things each day for which you're grateful. And I would even suggest that you make that list in the morning. And then in the evening, you look again at that list and remind yourself of that. And if you look on that list and realize that somebody needs to hear about that, show them some appreciation. And if you really want to activate it, that act of appreciation 
really pulls the gratitude out of you and makes it something that's bigger for those around you. So they suddenly are aware of a connection they didn't know they have, and you begin to get pulled forward into something greater. One of the things that happens when we practice these things is we reset our neuronal pathways. When we work on acceptance, we're no longer spending our energy and allowing the loops in our mind to go trying to convince ourselves of something being different than it is. When we work on awe, those neuronal pathways are looking for how we fit into a bigger universe, how we fit into our place in the world, not our very self-centered place, but where we fit into our place in the world. And when we focus on our appreciation, we begin to wire ourselves away from a place of lack and a place of desperation into a place of appreciation. It gives us a new perspective. And as we gain a new perspective, anchors away. This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.